the blessed word. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you, musicians. You took us to the very throne of God this morning, and uh, we we appreciate that. The message this morning is titled, Undoing the Works of the Devil. And I firmly believe if you're sick this morning, God's going to heal you. So get ready to get well. Amen? Get ready to get well. Undoing the works of the devil. I'm going to start with this scripture. Because it's the word that heals us. And we're not concerned about what the situation is. No no matter how long that sickness has been in your body, we all know Jesus can heal. But we want to know that Jesus wants to heal today. Sometimes we are so focused on the fact that this has been part of our lives. Or maybe we've been elsewhere and people have prayed for us and we've prayed and nothing has happened. And we keep wondering, am I going to live with this forever? Am Am I supposed to tolerate this? Well, I'm telling you this morning, you don't have to tolerate it. God is going to heal you this morning because the Lord God himself is here today and God wants to heal you. You need to settle that in your heart. God wants to heal you. And we will see people healed. You are going to be healed this morning. Can I hear an amen? God's going to heal you this morning, so get ready to be healed. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, it says, He who sins is of the devil. He who sins is of the devil. In other words, if you're living a life of sin, you're sinning against God, you are of the devil. And then it tells us why. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. The devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. In other words, the Son of God was revealed. For this purpose, the Son of God was revealed. Because of Satan's activities, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So Jesus became a man. The Son of God was manifested, shown to us as a man, so that he would destroy the works of the devil. And guess what? Jesus is still alive today, destroying the works of the devil. That's why he came. And he's not through with destroying the works of the devil, because the devil is not stopped doing his work, making people sin, sick and making, making people to sin. So Jesus is still destroying the works of the devil today. He's still doing that. Now in Acts chapter 10 verse 38, the Bible says something that is so unique. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Not just with the Holy Spirit, but with the power. The Holy Spirit to do the work of saving the world, but with power also to heal the sick. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. 
What was he supposed to do to destroy the works of the devil? How did he do it? He went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. What do we take out of that? Sickness is an oppression from Satan. Settle it. I know you can see the bugs. I know you can see what's going on in the body, the bacteria that's causing the problem and all of virus and all of that. But you must understand that the scripture has told us that sickness is an oppression from Satan. And even though you see the bugs, God can heal that and deliver you from it. God is able to do it. Now, if God can heal one particular sickness that you can tell, well, I know there is bacteria in this. And through the Spirit, God heals that. That tells you God has power over the bacteria that is causing the problem. And if God, a spirit, is able to take that out of your body without medicine, that tells you there is another force that is giving that thing life. Medicine can help you with the symptom, but God can kick that thing out of your body. Because sickness is an oppression from Satan. God doesn't want you oppressed. He loves you and cares about you. God doesn't like oppression at all, of any form. Whether it's from man or Satan. God hates oppression. And so when you're sick, that's an oppression from the enemy. He steals from you. He steals from your family. He steals the joy in your home. He steals money from you. There is fear and concern. That's oppression. Maybe you can't sleep because of the pain, but also your loved one cannot sleep because they have to be awake to help you with what's going on. And they're wondering, how is this going to end? That's not God. That's an oppression from Satan. And so God gave power to Jesus Christ and filled them with the Holy Spirit. You are the anointed one. I have chosen you, the Holy Spirit. That's God saying, I have chosen you and I've given you power not only to deal with sin, but also to drive away sickness and disease. So Jesus came for the forgiveness of sin as well as the healing of our bodies. <laughs> if you are suffering from a lot of pain and you go to Jesus, you can hardly move. Your eyes are tightly shut because of the pain. And you go to him and he tells you your sins are forgiven. That's good. Now you can go home. I'm sure you're not going to take that. Say, oh, Lord, <laughs> what about the pain? I know my sins are forgiven. But what about the pain? He says, you're okay. He can go home with the pain. You deal with that. It's okay. You handle that. And he's a good God. You're not going to accept that. You say, Lord, do something about this. So Jesus didn't only come for the forgiveness of sin. We have to understand that. And I'm going to share that with the script, in the scriptures with you. 
that everyone he healed, he forgave. Everybody that was touched by Jesus was forgiven. He healed their sickness to demonstrate to them that their sins have been forgiven. So God does both of those things. There was a situation in Mark chapter 2. These individuals had heard so much about Jesus Christ. And they decided their paralyzed friend must get well. And so they got there. And they looked and the place was jammed. There was no Jesus was inside the house. And the door to the house, you couldn't see it. There were so many people. And Jesus was teaching in there. And they said, wow, how are we going to handle this? We need our friend in the very presence of Jesus. We know if we can get him here, he'll get well. And so they decided, well, we'll go up the roof. We'll tear down the roof and we'll let him in there. If the owner of the house complains, we'll fix his roof for him. Don't worry about that. We'll bring him in here. We got to get this man in the presence of Jesus. So they let him down. And Jesus, I'm sure if they were all sitting in the room listening to Jesus and some of them, can you hear something up there? <laughs> something is going up there. But Jesus is still preaching. I wonder if he's hearing what's going on. I'm sure Jesus already knew what was going on. Amen? And he's thinking, man, Peter, uh, uh, John, do you hear something up there? Are we okay? And before long, they are seeing stuff falling into the into the room, and they're wondering, boy, something is really going on. And the next thing they know, a man is being pulled down, coming down with ropes or whatever they were letting him. But that guy had a, a lot of faith. He's saying, let me down. If I fall down and I die, he'll still raise me up. I don't care. And he says, when Jesus saw their faith, amen, faith has to be seen. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Son, notice what he said to the man. They were not looking for forgiveness. They wanted healing, right? But Jesus didn't go to the healing. He said, son, your sins are forgiven you. That's the first thing. When he saw their faith, even before they asked for forgiveness, he forgave their sins. And, and, and the religious people said, wow, <laughs> A man can forgive sin, blasphemy. No man can do that. As Jews, this is crazy for a man to say, your sins are forgiven you. How can a man do that? And so in Mark chapter 9, Jesus began to say to them, he said, which is easier to say to the paralyzed one? Which is easier to say? So now it's a question of what Jesus said. Amen? He says, your, which is easier to say to the Father, your sins are forgiven you, which no one can see whether they are forgiven or not. He's just to say it. Or to say to the man, take up your bed and walk. Well, if you are a Pharisee, you know to just say your sins are forgiven you, Nobody can tell whether or not. But if you say, take up your bed and walk, and it doesn't happen, we know the other one didn't take place. <laughs> you were wrong. So Jesus made it very clear, which is easier to say. It's a question of what to say. So today, God's going to say to you, your sins are forgiven you, but he will also heal you. Can I hear an amen? He will also heal you. Which is easier to say? 
So after saying that, he says, I say to you, he said to the paralytic, he turned to the man who was sick. He says, but that you may know that the son of man, notice, the son of man, has power on the earth to forgive sin. He said to the paralytic, he said, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. And he says, immediately he arose, took up his bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. We never seen it like this. Notice, Jesus, uh, the guy was sitting there, or just lying down there, and Jesus was talking to them. And then Jesus turned to the man, hey, take up your bed and go home. The guy said, okay. He took up his bed, looked around, said nothing to anyone, and just walked out. Read. Just by Jesus speaking to him. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, Jesus will heal and forgive your sin. Now, let me ask you this. Is it possible... For you to actually ask God for forgiveness and really want forgiveness and God will say no? Is that possible? So why is it possible then for you to truly ask God for healing and he says no? So one is stronger than the other one. He can forgive you your sin if you ask, but then he has not much power to heal you. Which is greater? He came for both of them. You can receive your healing as easy as you can receive your healing, I mean your, your uh, forgiveness. They are one and the same for him. He paid the price for both of them. The reason why we are not seeing a lot of healing in churches is because we are not preaching the message of healing for the body as we are preaching the message of forgiveness for the soul. We focus more on the forgiveness of our soul then with healing. And sometimes we are even scared to go there. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when we preach the message of forgiveness, people believe and they get saved. And everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord is saved. If I ask you, how do you know he's saved? Immediately you show me. See, brother, he says in the word here. Why don't you do the same thing with healing? When it comes to healing, our minds get twisted and we're wondering. But the Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We have a lot of questions when it comes to the forgive, I mean, uh, healing. But very few questions when it comes to forgiveness of sin. It's like, brother, why don't you repeat this with me? And then after they repeat it, we do glory to God. He just got saved. How do you know? You show me the scriptures, right? And then you say, can you see his smile now, brother? The brother is going to heaven. It's just easy to get healed as well. Amen? Which is easier to say. So today, I'm going to be saying to you in his name. As if he's the one saying it. And as I say it, and you act on it, guess what? No split second. Amen? No split second goes between. Once it's word is spoken, 
And the man got up, made up his mind. I guess he's healing me. Took his bed, walked out and said, bye. And he was gone to his house. And I'm sure the wife saw him walking home and said, who is that? He looks like my husband. <laughs> really? He's no longer in his bed? Why? He's walking. Who? Oh, he's almost running. She comes out and my eyes deceiving me. But he's, yeah, I was with Jesus. Amen? And we are with Jesus here this morning. Amen? Now let me read in Isaiah chapter 53 for you. Verse 4 and 5. Surely, no doubt about it. Surely he has borne our griefs. That word means sickness. Check it. Go and read the literal translation for that word grief. If you get a, a literal translation of the Bible, according to the Jew, when a Jewish man reads it in Hebrew, what he says is sickness. He says, surely Jesus has borne our grief, sickness, and carried our sorrows, pain. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. So again, you see God putting the two together. You can't separate them. Religious teachers have separated them. But God did not separate them and has not separated them. They go together. He was wounded for our transgression. That's for sin. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace, what will bring us peace in every area of life, was put upon him. And then God added, by his stripes, you are healed. They go together. Don't take one and leave the other alone. God did not exclude you. He took our. He was for us. So we can receive that. That's what Jesus meant, which is easier to say. So the man, rise up and walk, go home, or to say your sins. As far as God is concerned, they're one and the same. I say which one, I can pick one, but the other one is already taking place. Amen. This time he chose to talk about the sin. Your sins have forgiven you. You see, my brothers and sisters, this morning, you know it without a doubt. And let me read these scriptures first before I go to what I want to say. In, in uh, Matthew chapter 8, verse 15 and 17, this is a very important scripture. When I saw this scripture years ago, I thought to myself, wow, this is incredible. Cannot believe this. I mean, you know, Jesus bore our sins on his body. No doubt about that. You have no doubt about it. Jesus bore your sins. And so if he bore your sins, can you ask and your sins be forgiven? As far as the east is from the west, all forgotten, as if you never sinned at all, because of what the master did for us. Look at what it says in verse 16. When evening had come, they brought to him many, many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. All who were sick. Why? That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Jesus 
bore our sicknesses. I'll say it again. Jesus bore our sicknesses. Just as he carried your sin, my sin on his body, he also carried our sicknesses upon him, upon his body. He did. All of that pain that he went through, paying the price for our health and for us to be free from sin so that we can go to heaven. Should all of that be in vain? Can it be in vain that he suffered that much? Beatings, abuse, slaps, people hitting him with their feet so that we can get well. And Isaiah 52 tells us he was so marred, so beaten, you could hardly recognize him. All of the sickness of the world upon his body. You know something? In Numbers, something happened and Jesus repeated it. In Numbers, Jesus said, the Bible tells us that when the serpents were biting the children of Israel, what did they do? They made a likeness of the serpent of brass and lifted it up. And for every Jew, all they had to do was to look and the poison was neutralized. If you're bitten by this snake and the poison is going through your body and you, don't, you can't recall where you are and you can't remember where the pole or the, uh, the bracing serpent was, all you have to look, hey, brother, help me. I need to see where, where, where did Moses put that stuff? And he said, oh, brother, over there. And he said, thank you, brother. And he looks. And the poison is neutralized. <laughs> Natural poison neutralized just by looking. That was the Old Testament. And Jesus said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so would the Son of Man be lifted up. So you don't have to look that everyone who believes, everyone who believes, you can receive from him. So Jesus is being lifted up. On that cross, he had your sickness upon his body. And I'm going to say this to you today. If you can see your sickness, whatever it is, that's causing you trouble, whether it's blindness or your death or your back hurt or your, some organ in your body's disease or it's cancer, whatever it is, if God can give you that vision of it and you can see it on Jesus Christ today, I guarantee you, you're going to be well today, no matter what that thing is. All you have to do is to be able to visualize by the Spirit, see that thing on the Lord Jesus. Because it can't be on Him and on you as well. It's impossible. If He carried it, it shouldn't be on you. It's illegal for Satan to put the same thing that the Son of God bore for your sake upon you again. That's, not, that's, that's, that's illegal. Spiritually, it's illegal. Because Jesus paid the price for both of them. He bore that for us. He, Jesus, healed everyone that came to him. Everyone who came to Jesus got well. Nobody. That helps me a lot. Because I can tell I'm not a student. 
It doesn't matter what the problem is. God can heal me and God will heal you today. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 23 through 24, it says, Jesus went about Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds, all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria. And they brought, so he left Israel <laughs> into another country. Everybody was sharing about this. And all over Syria, they brought to him all sick people, both in Israel, Syria, and the whole region. They brought all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, all kinds of pain. And those who were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics, that's those who were paralyzed, and what did Jesus do? He healed every one of them. Everyone that came to him got healed. And so God's going to heal you today. You know, the Bible talks about the fact, and I'm going to quote the scripture here. It says, every covenant, we have a covenant with God. There's the old covenant, which we call the Old Testament. And then there is the new covenant, which we call the new, I mean, the old covenant. Old Covenant, New Testament, the same thing. Now, in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6, it says Jesus is the mediator of the new covenant, of a better covenant, founded on better promises, established on better promises. Jesus is the mediator. In other words, Jesus set up a new covenant Every covenant is established on promises. Every covenant has to be established on a promise. And it's a promise that God gives to those that he is in covenant with. And God will keep his own part of the covenant. It's a promise to do you good. And so in Jesus, we have a better covenant than what they had in the Old Testament. And you can read in the Old Testament, when they left Egypt, God made the new covenant with them. In, in Exodus chapter 15, God said, if you keep my word, verse 26, if you keep my word and you do what I ask you to do, I will not permit any of these diseases that you saw with the Egyptians that you live with. I will not permit any of those to come upon your body. And then he told them, because I will be the Lord, your doctor. In other words, I will make sure every one of you stay well. You're not going to be sick. Every single one of them. That was the covenant for the Old Testament. We have a better covenant based on better, founded on better promises than what they had. All of them. There were three million people. Three million people when God spoke to them. And in Exodus 23, God said it again, verse 25 and 26. He said, if you would do exactly what I ask you to do, he said, I will, there, shall no, there will not be anyone in your home that is barren or suffer miscarriage. He said, I will take sickness away from the midst of you. He said also, the number of your days 
I will fulfill. In other words, no accident can kill you. No disease can kill you. Uh, The number of your days, I will make sure you live because you are my people. And in Psalm 107, verse, Psalm 105, sorry, 105, verse 37, he says, he also brought them out with silver and gold. Do you remember how God brought them out? He said they should go borrow from all these uh, Egyptian women, uh, their gold and their silver, uh, uh, borrow from them. In other words, take it from them, but use the word borrow. Uh-huh. Yes, God said borrow from them, uh, 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 and then go into the wilderness, and they know you're not coming back. It was an amazing thing. The woman walks up to him and says, can I borrow that necklace that you have, Golden? And she says, you can have that. And the woman says, hell, I, I have another one that's better than that. You can borrow that also. You go to the wilderness and don't come back. Take. And they, they give them. He brought them out with silver and gold. And there was none feeble among their tribe. Three million people. Not one sick person. Based on a covenant that was established on a less, I mean a covenant that is not as good as the one we have. Just a good covenant, but we have a better one. Based on better promises. It was a covenant that God gave to Moses. First Kings chapter 8 verse 56. The children of Israel said, not one good promise has failed. Of all the good promises that you promised to your servant Moses. Not one. Read it. There has not failed one word. Not one word of all the good promises that you gave to us through your servant Moses. Now God has given us better promises. In Jesus Moses was the shadow of the real thing. Jesus himself. And he gave them this promise through Moses. And not one single person was sick among them. Moses brought them manna. Jesus said, look, they ate manna in the wilderness, they died. But this is the true bread that came from heaven. That a man can eat. In the world. Now, listen to what happened in the Old Testament. Based on the, promise that, the promises that God gave to them. And I'm telling you, right now, I believe some of you are getting healed. Check yourself. God's healing you already. I really believe that. You are being healed. And many will get healed here this morning. Look at what they said. What David, understanding from the Holy Spirit speaking to us. From the scriptures. Psalm 103. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all of his promises. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul. And don't forget all of his benefits. So the promises are his benefits for us. His promises are the benefits, the promises 
That's what the covenant was established. What are these? He says, who forgives all your iniquities? All your iniquities. And again, see, God always puts them together. The next thing after iniquity is what? Who heals all your diseases? How often would you hear it before you understand? They go together. Once your sins are forgiven, you're healed at the same time. They go together. We separated them. We did. The church did. I don't have to be anointed. God didn't separate them. His son paid the price for both of them. If you tolerate it, Satan will oppress you. The Bible says don't make room for the devil. Don't give him room. Resist the devil. He'll flee from you. When he's trying to put that thing and say, hey, did you, did you know what the doctor said? He said your liver is getting disease. No, not my liver. Jesus lives in this house. And we don't have livers that are deteriorating. Not where Jesus lives. What are you talking about? Let God be true and every man a liar. If there is a God, I don't have to accept that. I don't have to accept that. Yes, the doctor is giving me the facts. That's the facts. He's right by what he sees. <laughs> but I know the truth. And the truth is what makes us free. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. You know, God showed me something years ago. Just like in a question form. <laughs> and it relates to cancer, I'm telling you. That's the way God showed it to me. So from then on, I had no fear for cancer. I don't care. Jesus, God was asking me a question. You know, you know the scriptures. And God, please, he does these things with us. He challenges you to see how much you know. <coughs> and he said to me, then I didn't know God was speaking to me. I thought my mind was, I'm just thinking. And I heard this voice. He says, uh, uh, when Moses uh, went before Pharaoh, what did he do? <laughs> I can answer that question easy. He threw his rod down. Remember that? Threw his stick down. And God says, what happened to this stick? I said, hey, turned into a snake. I know that. And God said, was it a real snake? I said, yeah, it was a real snake. The Bible says it's a real snake. Amen. I hid, I hid behind the Bible. That's good. The Bible says it was a real snake. And God said, right. And he said, what did the magician do? I said, yeah. That's easy. <laughs> they threw their sticks down. And he said, what happened to this stick? I said, they turned into a snake. I answered that I know the answer. And then God said, uh, were they real snakes? Hmm. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> because the magicians, I knew that God don't work with magicians, right? So how can this be real snakes? I said back and forth, and I finally said, well, the Bible says they're real snakes. What, <laughs> what were they? He says they're snakes. Yes, it's snakes. God doesn't lie. It's got to be snakes. And then the next question really threw me off. He, God said, did I do that? Ooh. Uh, I wanted to tell him, thou knowest. <laughs> no way. Uh, thou knowest that. I don't know. Boy, it was a real struggle for me. I said, oh, uh, I, 
I know you don't work with magicians. They are with Pharaoh. Pharaoh is a type of the devil. I know that. So, 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 so I, I'm sure uh, you didn't do that. But you already said they are real snakes. I said, yes, the Bible says they are real snakes. He left me with that. He says, I got the answer. with the real snake. And he said, what happened after that? Oh, that's an easy one. The snake of Moses <laughs> decided, I'm going to eat them all up. And got the first one and swallowed it up. And I'm sure Pharaoh is here. Did you see that? Did you see that? And they're all shocked. These guys are go they are going to go back home without their sticks. Right? <laughs> uh, no staff anymore. And he ate the second one. And Pharaoh said, Hey, did you see that? And then before long, every snake was gone. And God said, Now, Moses, pick up your staff or snake. And he took it by the tail. And he turned into one staff. Guess it. Was it a father staff? Or the same size? Obviously the same size, right? And yet it swallowed up everything. And those people had to leave without their staff. <laughs> the wife says, what happened to your stick? Moses' rod is taking it away. And God says, that's how I deal with cancer. I just destroy all of them. And when it's over, all is left is the spirit of the living God that destroyed the works of Satan in the life of his people. Many times we believe that Satan cannot do certain things. He has the power to do certain things, but there is a limit. Notice in all of those stories, they can conjure blood. They can bring blood up. And God says it was blood. They can bring frogs up. But when it came to lice, they knew there was a difference. You remember that? And they said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. But I noticed something. They can start it, but they cannot reverse it. If they had to reverse it, they had to go to Moses. Satan can start it. But God can always reverse it. There was never a time that came when Moses said, we cannot, I cannot do this. You asked for it, now you got it, you deal with it. When Moses said yes, he goes back and he reverses it. Every single time. So God can reverse what Satan is doing in your body. Remember where I'm going? He says how Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good, doing what? Healing all who were oppressed by Satan. So, God delivered the children of Israel from the oppression from the enemy, the devil, and freed them up from everything that was going on in their, going on in their life. So today is your day of freedom. And God's going to heal you. Amen? God's going to heal you. Now, I'm through with my preaching. Stand up. <laughs> 